think people pay attention when you talk about exposed or naked selling. And really, it boils down to being transparent and brands being transparent with the information that they're sharing. Today, we're talking about something a little more risque than we normally do on B2B Nation. I know it might make a couple of you uncomfortable that are listening, but it's an important conversation we need to have. It's the idea that you can't and shouldn't hold back anything about your product, including limitations, problems, or pricing models, because with the openness of the internet, your prospects are going to find out anyway. Our guest today is Adrian Weissman, the Chief Marketing Officer at G2 Crowd. Let's start off this episode with what exposed selling and marketing means to her. We joke a lot about naked selling and exposed selling and, you know, and really at the end of the day, um, using my marketing hat, you know, it's a nice, catchy way to get people's attention. We say the word naked, at least when I say it in my house with my three kids, everybody starts (laughs) laughing. And, you know, I think that, you know, I think hopefully most of us are kids at heart still. And so um, two prospects about what it's like to be a customer of theirs. And, you know, we talk a lot about the fact that you will always have an unhappy customer. Most brands cannot be one size fits all. And that's okay because an unhappy customer and what is an issue for them may be something that is totally not relevant to you. And and it's good for, for people to at least see what some of the issues are so they can be aware of it and then decide if that's going to be an issue for them rather than hide it and people uncover these things along the way. So that is really what exposed I guess selling and marketing um, really means to me and to us at G2 Crowd. Yeah, for sure. And it's like impossible, right, in the way that we like use the internet today to like hide something. You know, I right. mean, every company out there has their, you know, their dirty laundry aired, w- w- whether it's a product or whether it's a service or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's impossible to hide. So you might right. as well, right, right. Um, make sure that your marketing and selling is exposed. So, I mean, why aren't folks, there's still so many companies out there that are, you know, not necessarily trying to hide stuff, but aren't fully embracing this idea. Do you know why? Or I mean, I think it's, the old philosophies of probably of sales and marketing, just kind of legacy kind of concepts still exist of, you know, in order to be an effective marketer or seller, you have to follow very specific brand standards or sales philosophies or rules. And really what we're seeing is that you kind of have to throw those ideas out altogether. doesn't mean that like the cadence in the organization goes away, but allowing your brands to speak on your behalf is probably the best compliment a brand could have. And allowing a customer to talk about your product to me is a much better testimonial than, you know, an actor coming on and, you know, kind of reading a faux-ish, you know, testimonial. So, I think, you know, it's just getting people getting really comfortable for individuals and customers to free flow conversation and free flow the message versus it being very strict and like this is the script and this is what our brand message is. So I think it's just either, you know, it's it's an evolution and people are just really, I think, starting to recognize that it's happening whether they like it or not. And I think those that can embrace it and get used to it faster are, you know, adapting and growing as the hypothesis is their business is is successful and their sales are increasing and they're, you know, even more successful than they were before. So, you know, it's just getting used to a new way of doing business that no one has totally adopted just yet. Does this mean the end of advertising though? I mean, if, if, if it's more valuable for a, a customer to say that your platform is great than it is for an actor on TV, 
does that sort of diminish the the use and value of no. that? Or? No, I think it's a combination of both. I mean, you certainly should have your brand standards and your brand messaging and, you know, the taglines that are important for a brand and are really a, a good use to put out there so people know what you do and what you offer. But I think this would be a, an additional or a supplement to that and a, really, I guess, humanizing a brand and actually letting people see that, oh, behind behind the product is actual users of this product. So I really don't think that it's really changed all that much in terms of like historically thinking. It's just now the with the amplification of what we do online and, you know, our digital personas and who we are online and the evolution of Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook, like word of mouth is now much more expansive than it ever was before. And so it's just, it's a new channel of word of mouth, essentially, um, and a new way to make word of mouth very accessible for anybody in the world, frankly. Yeah, for sure. And a bit of a softball here, but where does like a third party research, you know, company come into play? You know, third party validation comes from us at G2 Crowd, you know, we, we are agnostic to brands. Our, our mission is to be the best resource to buyers through the software, B2B software journey. It is going to always be important to have third-party validation. G2 Crowd is an aggregation of the crowd, of people who use the actual products and services. All of the reviews are authenticated through someone's uh, LinkedIn identity. So we know whether they are actually a competitor, a customer, or an employee so that we get away from any possible fraudulent activity. And because you have to authenticate through your LinkedIn identity, we can very quickly suss out if it's suspicious or not. Um, And we err more on being pretty rigid with kind of the rules of it. So I think by default, that becomes a third-party validation tool. You know, there's always going to be a place for a an expert or an analyst, but they are not practitioners. They're not in the trenches. They have really great insight in, into what's coming and understand the industry as a whole. But when you are an individual business owner or you are a particular company with very specific needs, you're more likely to turn to your peers and your friends and those that you network with to find out what they use, what you know, why they use it, what what good it is for them, versus totally relying on an analyst to give them. An analyst is kind of a CYA. No one would probably get fired from referring to an analyst saying that that's a good buy. But again, there could be issues once once you're out there and implementing and the costs of implementing the product when you know you you just the analyst may not have known what was around the corner for you as a particular customer. So. They still exist. There's plenty of room for everybody, but I think it's also really important for customers and prospects to be able to find people like them to, you know, get insight into what potentially they might be buying. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, would you say the openness of the internet right now sort of uh, lends itself to companies always having to be exposed? Where where does this say, I guess, uh, going forward? Exposed marketing, is that sort of like what every company, is that going to have to be, you know, a part of their strategy going forward? I mean, we talk about having a review strategy as a nice way of always having a reference call in available and accessible for an individual to find. I don't think that it's going to be incredibly tenuous for someone to manage a review, you know, having a review strategy. It's as simple as 
checking in with your customers and asking them to share their feedback on the product. It's also a nice way for brands to understand what's happening from a competitive standpoint. So they can look at what competitors are doing and what their customers are saying as a way to potentially understand what they need to do to evolve their product or stay cutting edge. So, you know, I think it's part of the equation. This is just now a formalized way of having a reference check or a way to let your customer speak on your behalf versus it just being pick up the phone and call. And, you know, it's also just really important to let all of your customers speak, not just your best customers. It's important to have some critical feedback within a review because, If I see only positive reviews, I'm going to think that's kind of suspicious and really start to dig into it. And again, you have to trust that the prospect, it can make a decision based on good and bad feedback that's best for their company instead of having a seller or somebody convince them otherwise. So I think it'll be a a continuous evolution again, but I think it is definitely something brands should think about in terms of how they look at their marketing strategy and plans for the year. For sure, and uh, I can't remember what the the vendor was, but uh, we were working with a company a couple weeks ago, and I saw on their website they had like a, a, a I guess a forum for you know customer feedback, and they responded you know within a day what whether some customer complained about something they responded and hey we're working on it, and I thought that was such a, like open way yeah. of as a prospect that makes me so much more likely to consider them higher on my list if they're that open to like not only a allowing that information to be public, but also being so responsive. So uh, I think hopefully that's a model, not only for SaaS, but for a lot of marketing in the future. So absolutely. uh, Real quick transition into uh, the conference here. Uh, Have you had a favorite session? Have you been attending a lot or favorite speaker? I mean, Sangram is always amazing. (laughs) Uh, He's always very entertaining. I'm interested in all the sessions. I'm really interested in the last session this afternoon with Sangram and Jill and Jason. I'm interested to hear kind of that conversation. Of course, I think exposed selling and naked selling is a a very interesting topic. So I have to almost say that's my favorite session. But I think all of them are really interesting. Video is evolving um, very rapidly. The ability to create interesting, compelling video at scale for reasonable cost is, I think, very interesting. So I, I know Vidyard was having a, a really cool session. That was quite interesting to me as well. Can you boil down your presentation into one sentence of advice? Is that possible? Get used to being naked because it's happening whether you like it or not. How can our listeners find out more about you and about G2 Crowd? Sure. Uh, come to come check out you know g2crowd.com. We've got over 61,000 reviews from, again, authenticated B2B software buyers across thousands of products and tons of categories. We have a lot of really cool information on buyer's guides, what to look for, whether you're a small, medium, or enterprise level customer, you are able to search and find information based on some of those filters. And it makes it very intuitive to find the information that you're looking for if you are in the market to buy software as any size company. Fantastic. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me. Really, really appreciate it. Awesome conversation. Thank you. I appreciate it. And now is the point in the podcast where I get to thank you for listening along. To find out more about B2B Nation, including our HR and IT editions, check out our website, technologyadvice.com backslash podcast. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Your feedback helps us come up with ideas for future episodes. Lastly, please follow our Twitter at our handle at B2B Nation underscore smart. Thanks for listening.